position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Base Linux Games Podcast being recorded for you on Friday the 13th, May 2016. That will be 2016.05.13 at uh, 2.33 p.m. Pacific Time, 14.26, 24-hour military Allenju time. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Um, but it, it's crazy to note this is the second show I think that we've recorded in our entire show history that has fallen on a Friday 13th. What the fuck are the odds of that? I mean, especially for like a show that's only run like 82 episodes. That's only like, you know, almost two years. So it's like a year and a half, basically. Well, yeah, a year and a quarter. Um, anyway, so let's get straight to our top stories this week. Um, First of all, we have to start off with a correction. I'm really sorry. Many apologies to uh, Martin Wimp Press, uh, Mr. Wimpy, from the uh, uh, Linux Unplugged chat room. Uh, I accidentally, at the end of last week's episode, <laughs> it was so funny because I run two, I run two up, I run two different distributions on my two main computers. One of them is Linux Mint. The other one is Ubuntu Mate. They both are green. And yeah, um, I accidentally said that. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so crazy that I made this hair. I mean, I've donated to Ubuntu Mate, the project. Martin Wimpress, Wimpy on Twitter, um, and Linux Unplugged. You know, Linux, Jupyter Broadcasting chat room. Martin Wimpress is, of course, the maintainer of the, uh, Ubuntu Mate distribution, not Linux Mint. Um, but anyway, I, I, I it was a big show, lots of stuff. So I, I'm really sorry. Just, it just came out of my mouth wrong. Um, I was thinking green and I was looking at one of my machines w- while I was on the other one. That's, you know, the way these, these things go. Okay. So, um, Second of all, we have a very disappointing, and we'll, we'll keep this to an absolute minimum, um, because I think I said everything that I need to say until I hear further, um, from HGC. Ivor, punch that up for me. Ah, oh, damn it. Crack engineer Ivor, Molina in the booth. Oh boy. Um, I did get an official response from HGC's, uh, PR people. It is as generic as it is disappointing. Um, but it, it was to be, it was basically what I expected. Um, let's see, uh, here we go. I want to read it to you verbatim, just so you understand. Uh, here you go. Hi Seth, I just heard back from the team and can share the following. While we're current, and this is in italics, so this is from the team. While we're currently focused on creating a best-in-class VR experience for Windows PCs, we're continuing to evaluate bringing Vive to other platforms. Period. Yeah. Suck a dick. So that really sucked. That kind of made me want to kill myself. But anyway, that's way worse than even what I thought before. When they're focused, they're focused on Windows. Now they're evaluating the <laughs> possibility of bringing it to other platforms. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Considering that you said that that would be their day one, that's wow. Okay, and uh, hi to our new friend uh, Linux Hippie on Twitter. By the way, you can always reach out, reach out and touch someone. Um, call me Omar Siddiqui. <laughs> reach out and touch someone. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Vegas Writer. V e g a s w r i t e r. It's the best way to get a hold of me. Um, a couple of other new uh, top stories. Uh. I'm starting this crazy Tome Raider project where I play all of Tome Raider. Uh, and basically, I'm trying to do it all in, like, three sittings now. Um, I have the first six hours done. Um, and there's a couple reasons for this project, and I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this. Uh, one, I really like Tome Raider, but two, I have 30 years of video game. I have 30 years of experience in video games. I've been a gamer for 30 years now. Fucking A, I know I'm a thousand years old. Um, that shit will happen to you kids. It'll happen. If you're lucky, it'll happen, and before you know it, you're dead. So, yeah, so I'm I'm an old motherfucker with 30 years, and there's lots of games that I really, really loved um, from the past that I really wish that I had just one so- that I beat, you know, numerous, numerous, numerous times because I've I've beaten uh, Tomb Raider now three times on hard. Um, I'm going through it my fourth time right now, and this time I'm recording it. And there's over those 30 years, there's numerous games that I really wish I just had one solid playthrough, even if it's, you know, especially if it's only like 20 hours um, of game, which is pretty much what Tomb Raider clocks in at, depending on if you want to speedrun it or not. Um, I really wish that I could just go back and watch the whole game. Um, or even just, even just to have access to being able to jump 
to like you know to scrub to specific parts of the game so I could show other people like um anyway there's tons of games like that and anyway Tomb Raider I evidently really like Tomb Raider because uh, I keep I ha- I have a hard time not playing it again every time I beat it I just want to start it again and I do um, pretty much um so I'm I'm making uh and I'm gonna upload them all to YouTube I'm on our sixth we're doing a retake of the sixth hour because of technical problems uh my audio cut out so that that's what i'm doing immediately after this podcast i know this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode but it's more of a traditional episode we have just our you know new and noteworthy and stuff and then uh finally in our uh, top stories um do not be fooled on the steam page right now on the steam store page right now um you said this is a uh, Friday the thirteenth, May twenty sixteen, at uh, two thirty eight uh, p.m. Pacific time. Uh, in their daily deals, there's a game called Volume that looks really cool. That says that it has Steam Play on it. It is. It's not Linux compatible, so do not buy that game. I bought that game. I had to return it. Um, it's go back to listen to some of the older episodes where I rant about the Steam Play replacing the Linux Tux icon, um, and the confusion that it has caused. You know, this is just another example. I mean, it happens all the time to me. I generally don't rant about it, but this game looks really cool and it's popped. It was at least on my store page. Um, it was popped to like the feature, one of the, the feature deals and it said Steam Play and it was only $4.99. That's look really, really cool. Do not be fooled. So that brings us to our new and noteworthy. Um, we got, uh, three new and noteworthies for you. Uh, we have, uh, Stellaris which just came out this week. That is our feature game of this week. Uh, so not much to talk about that. It's a uh, humongous um, space strategy uh, war game, resource management, etc. Um, but we'll talk in depth about that in, you know, blah. Also in our new and noteworthy this week, um, Payday 2 released the Sydney Sydney DLC, which gives you the Sydney character. Let's see if we can get some audio of that. Uh, punch it up, back engineer Ivor, you motherfucker. Oh boy. Mmm. This is why this, you know, it's fucking ponderous, man. It's just fucking ponderous. I gotta come out of these up tempo records, man. I gotta do a fucking dedication to a dog dying. It's fucking, where are those pictures I was supposed to see this weekend? Fucking ponderous, man. The countdown will begin this Sunday afternoon at 1, right here on the radio station you grew up with. Music Radio 138. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Geez, well, isn't it the last hour? We got another hour to do? <laughs> so I thought we were almost finished. Good. Golly, Miss Molly. <laughs> Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Man, it's fucking ponderous! Ponderous. Fucking ponderous. <laughs> Hi, this is Casey Kasem. American <laughs> Top 40 has moved to a new time. Two! You'll join me this Saturday morning and every Saturday morning at 2. 2. <laughs> now, we're up to our long-distance dedication. <laughs> and this one is about kids and pets and a situation that we can all understand. Whether God we damn, have kids or pets or neither. It's from a man in Cincinnati, Ohio. And here's what he writes. Dear Casey, this may seem to be a strange dedication request, but I'm quite sincere, and it'll mean a lot if you play it. Recently, there was a death in our family. He was a little <laughs> dog named Snuggles, but he was most certainly a part of... Let's come start again. Oh, God. I'm coming out of the record. Play the record, okay? Please. 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 
See, when you come out of those up-tempo goddamn numbers, man, it's impossible <laughs> to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. dying. You know, they do this to me all the time. I don't know what the hell they do it for. <laughs> but goddamn it, if we can't come out of a slow record, I don't understand it. Is Don on the phone? Okay. I want a goddamn concerted effort to come out of a record that isn't a fucking up-tempo record every time I do a goddamn de dedication. dedication. Now, make it. And I also want to know what happened to the pictures I was supposed <laughs> to see this week. This is a god last goddamn time. I want somebody to use his fucking brain to not come out of a goddamn record that is uh, that, that's up tempo, and I gotta talk about a fucking dog dying. Okay, thank you. I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> okay, so where were we? Uh, thank you, Ivor. That's uh, that's <laughs> ponderous, man. It's fucking ponderous. Um, okay, so <laughs> um, oh yeah, we were gonna get some audio from Payday too. <laughs> It's ponderous, man. It's fucking ponderous. So Sydney is this. I don't really like her voice. She's kind of irritating, but she's really cool. Here you see a chick. You see someone walking in a suit, bottom up. Oh, she's got Will. Oh, it's a chick. Cool tattoo. She's holding a Tommy gun. Oh, these dead cops everywhere. And she reloads. Ah! <laughs> Ponderous, man! Fucking ponderous! So, yeah, uh, the Payday 2 Sydney Character Pack DLC is out. It's $4.99. I picked it up, you know, blah. And then finally, in our new and noteworthy, fuck Marble Mountain. That's all I gotta say. Ponderous, man! It's fucking ponderous! Marble Mountain is pussy shit in comparison to Hyposphere. Um, I would play some audio from it, but it's, there's really not much audio from it to play. Hyposphere is $2.99. It bills itself as being the most beautiful marble, pla you know, marble-based platformer, um, and also one of the most difficult. It's built entirely in the Unreal 4 engine. It is gorgeous. It is mind-bendingly hard. But at two dollars and ninety-nine cents, I highly recommend that you pick it up. Um, even though I've only spent you know like an hour or like you know maybe twenty minutes playing it, it is just mind-crushingly beautiful incredibly difficult um it's kind of funny because i've been doing some game development and one of the first things that you like you learn how to do um like one of the first tutorials uh for unity is how to uh script um a ball game like a little rolling ball game hyposphere looks like someone took that tutorial did it in unreal tournament 4 engine and then really took it all the way to the furthest possible consequence it's Really difficult. It's also pretty fun. It's gorgeous. And it is totally worth $2.99. So that'll bring us to our feature. Uh, take it, Casey. <laughs> it's ponderous, man. It's fucking ponderous. Okay. So while I was in the chat room of uh, Linux Unplugged um, last Tuesday, someone uh, hit me with a recommendation that was coming out, like I think, the next day. It's a game called Stellaris. And I remember hearing about Stellaris a while ago. I can't remember, like, if I, you know, read something about it in early access or whatever, but I had been interested in it forever ago, and I had completely forgotten about it. Well, Stellaris came out this week, and I've spent only... So here's exactly how long I've spent in the game. Um, in one campaign, I spent five hours, and in another campaign, which is my custom campaign, where I invented my own race and stuff, I spent about two and a half hours. So, what I'm trying to say here is, this is not really a full review, 
but it is my they are they are my impressions of the game and the reason i say that the reason i qualify because generally i i'll just you know i'll just say this is a feature this is not a review this is kind of a review um but i haven't um in the game i haven't experienced a real hardcore um intergalactic war yet and that's what the game i think builds to um i think it's what's designed for i think what i've experienced are kind of the baby steps that you take right up to the precipice of that starting to happen anyway so the premise of solaris uh is there are hundreds of races that you can be, hundreds of species you can be. The premise is it takes place about 200 years in the future, um, and the game starts right when your species first discovers a faster-than-light uh, method for traveling. And this can be either hyperspace lanes, can be um, warp drive, or it could be uh, wormholes. Um, I haven't done wor- wormholes because uh, it's like supposed to be for advanced players. Let's have some whiskey. So there's a lot to really like in Stellaris, but there's also I, I do have some problems with it. Uh, the goal is, by the way, it's every second in the game, in re, you know in real time, is one day in the game. That's at normal speed. So it starts with you developing a faster than light technology, and then you take your species into you know your system, and then into other galaxies. And then, you know, out into the universe. And the universe is fucking huge. It can be, it can, the default size, I think, is like 600 systems. Um, and you can make it bigger, you can make it smaller, etc. Um, there's, okay, so here, here's just my, here's, here's just my very, I don't want to, because it's not quite just like a first impression. It's a fairly in-depth impression I've gotten in this game. My overall sense is that Stellaris, the, it, it seems like a very simple game. Um, it, it's got this really clean interface, very simple interface. There's a very simple um, number of game tasks that, that you perform uh it basically goes like, take a science ship, survey a system, then send a construction ship to mine the system or, uh, create research stations, then, uh, fight bad guys, interstitial bad guys that might appear in any given system using your fleet, um, research, uh, the wrecks of those combat things with the science ship. Uh, research anomalies that you may find when doing survey systems, survey another system, uh, upgrade your ship designs, which is kind of cool because as you do actual research, um, apart from the stuff that, you know, you research with science ships, as like, you know, you uh, research your tech tree, um, you unlock uh, various different modules, and these are things that, you, you know, you, you get to make choices about what you want to research. So there are numerous paths, and depending on what type of you know, species you are, what type of politics you are, what type of uh, government you have, what type of uh, ethics you have, um, the the available choices change a lot. 
Um, but those are fairly static and are kind of time-based. So in one sense, that kind of reminds me of EVE Online, which kind of sucks. Um, I spent a lot of time playing EVE. Uh, I think it's the first time I've ever admitted that on this show, or publicly for that matter. Um, good Swarm Unite! Uh, anyway... Um, and so, like, that kind of smacks of Eve, because that's kind of static, but it is heavily influenced by the choices you make, uh, in terms of, if you create your own race, very, you, you can very heavily influence, um, what type of stuff you're able to research, and the, that, that has a, an incremental, like, over, the first hour doesn't really matter, the first hour of the game is always going to be the same, pretty much, that's my impression, but like after that first hour, it's that second hour where you start to really build a tech tree that's divergent from, um, you know, like the standard path. It could be divergent from the standard path, quote unquote standard path or whatever. Um, you start to get into some nuances that really begin to affect, uh, the type of stuff you can do, which really for me, um, the most, the most direct, uh, embodiment of that is the ship designer, you can design all of your own ships. It's very simple, but just like everything else in the game, it's very simple, but it's also a lot of complexity. It's like, it's almost like Drupal. It's like they designed this game by the drop. Um, so like, yeah, okay, 15 drops, that's not that complicated. 30 drops, that's uh, mildly complicated. 160 drops, you're starting to get into some complicated shit. Like once you unlock the ability to, um, build cruisers, you have, like, eight weapon slots and, like, 16 different uh, utility slots, which are generally, like, depending on, you know, what what you've unlocked, what modules you've unlocked, um, that's, you know, your power system, and your weapons can be a broad range of things, um, which is really neat. Um, your fleet size is limited. Okay, so anyway, so you research wrecks, anomalies, you know, survey a system, upgrade ship designs, Improve your home world, which is like a tile interface that just shows, um, it's a tile representation, uh, that allows you to improve resource collection and stuff on your home world or any worlds that you've colonized. Um, colonize other planets, manage your leaders, everything doesn't necessarily require a leader. Sh- uh, science ships do require a leader. Um, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. Build a, build um, an outpost, a frontier outpost, to expand your sphere of influence um, in uh, you know furthest most reaches of you know your current empire. That'll expand you know the size of your empire a little bit. Um, then you know you select a, a, you encounter aliens, select diplomacy stuff select research, and then basically you keep doing all of this stuff over and over again. Now, it seems like a lot of effort has gone into making, um, like I said, it, this whole recipe very simple on the surface so that things can eventually get very complex as the universe, I think it's meant to be as the universe goes to war with each other. Because as, you know, you explore these systems when you, you'll butt up against other races, you know, you'll meet other races and you'll establish, you know, some, some form of diplomatic relation, even if that's, you know, acrimony or outright hostility. Um, and they will control territory that you won't be able to take either, you know, without force of arms, um, or diplom, or some form of diplomacy or whatever. Now, 
we'll get we'll talk more about that in just a second. So one of the cool things is in terms of like all of this attempt at simplicity, your navy has a size limit, and this is your si- the size limit of your navy determines how many ships you can have uh, in terms of like you know your combat ships, um, and that's the size limit. It, it, it's it it you can expand it you know through certain research perks and stuff, or through certain um yeah you know sp- uh, species specific decisions if you're creating your own species and stuff um lots of decisions lots of little small decisions go into have bigger consequences in the game but one of the neat things is that your navy the, the size limit of your navy basically i haven't gotten a navy that's been bigger than 21 ships yet and i it seems like the game is devoted to keeping everything really small so there's not a lot of stuff to manage because there's actually a lot of small stuff to manage that it makes it very easy to stay on top of but it doesn't it seems like the game doesn't want to force you to be constantly clicking on it trying to you know click on individual units blah blah you can pause the game at any time to make your decisions at least in the single player i have not played multiplayer so the navy size limits kind of seems to work towards this ethos, but by the same token, the upgrades that you can make to your ships and the new ship designs that you can build and even just the, the um, improvements you can make over time to even if you don't upgrade like the sizes of your ships, like it goes like I think Corvettes, Destroyers, um, something else, uh, Corvettes, Destroyers, something else, and then also Cruisers, and then I haven't gone beyond Cruisers really. Um, cruisers are big. But, like, even if you just stay at Corvettes, the improvements that you can make um, as you unlock different weapon systems and di- different powering technologies can really make, you know, a fleet of 15 cruisers – or 15 Corvettes pretty deadly, um, depending on the opposition. Now, we'll, we'll talk more about combat in a minute. Anyway, so all of this simplicity, underneath it all, I think ultimately – because there's this incredibly complex diplomacy, uh, diplomacy options, um, that, that basically revolve around, uh, trade agreements, which part of trade agreements can be treaties. They can be alliances. They can be join our federation, create a federation with us, um, enter into non-exclusivity war decks in terms of like your trade agreement will continue. Even if this guy goes to war with one of your allies, you, the agreement will not expire, you know, for a given amount of time, you can do monthly, um, trade agreements for like, um, certain resources in certain proportions, you can do all sorts of crazy shit. Like you can set up um the the actual alliances and and federations and trade agreements and overall diplomacy is really absurdly crazy um in terms of how complicated it is, which is one of the reasons why I think I I haven't really experienced the full brunt of the game, but we're going to get to why I haven't really experienced the full brunt of the game. I, I don't think I have, because I haven't really gone to a huge war yet. Even though one of my, uh, one of my games, my custom game, um, my species is totally all about war. But anyway, so, all this stuff, like, there's a lot of shit to do and a lot of detail and a lot to explore in terms of, like, the tactical possibilities and everything. Um, but here's some of the bad stuff. This is more or less the bad stuff. The things that I, I currently I'm not wild about in terms of the game. 
sometimes it actually gets away from itself, like in terms of the design, like, and it does so in unexpected and kind of irritating ways, which is not surprising considering the amount of, um, variety in this game. Like literally when I say there are hundreds of species, there are hundreds of species and those are not even the ones that you create. Like, I think a lot of them are procedurally generated. Um, but you can be, okay, so like the main species types are like, you can be a sentient fungus. You can be a molluscoid. You can be a fucking bug person. You can be a plant. You can be like a, uh, a, a bird person. You could be a, a mammal. You can be a reptile. You can be all these different varieties of things and you can have these intensely complicated, um, societal, values and ethics and government systems like for instance in my custom society i am actually a fungus people <laughs> or no i yeah i'm a fungus people um which is kind of cool sentient fungus um giant mushrooms <laughs> they look like they want to eat you actually no i think i'm a molluscoid um so like i but my guy is really fucking bizarre looking. He, I, when I created him, I spent, you know, like an hour creating, um, my species because it was so much fun. There's so much customization that can go into it. Um, it's not just cosmetic. Like there are actual strategic decisions that go into the creation of, so like, um, my guy is a, uh, uh, hyper, uh, fan, uh a fanatic, uh, militaristic society. Uh, with material, they're also materialistic, and our form of democracy is military junta. So we elect the same person every forty years because my species actually took perks that uh, we're repugnant to other species, which is totally accurate because we look like we fucking eat people. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine what dim- diplomatic relationships would be like if we discovered this kind of species roving our galaxy or you know the universe. We'd be absolutely horrified. It looks like it just sucks people dry like fucking toothpicks. But anyway, um, we're called the. Of course, we are called the uh, the Spritelings. We come from uh, Spritelandia. That's the name of our home planet. We are from the Slurpactin system. <laughs> And, uh, one of the things that sucked about creating my own, um, and this is one of those things that, like, the game kind of has gotten away from them. I'm sure they'll fix this in a, you know, later iteration, but as you're creating your custom, um, species, which can get very involved, um, if you click on, when you're selecting your ethics, you know, like, um, we ended up being, uh, fanatic militaristic and materialistic. When you select those, there is no way to undo those selections. So, and I know that's, it can't be intentional. So anyway, that's why, you know, we're that. Um, anyway, uh, and we, we, uh, we, f- because we're hyper militaristic and stuff, we fight exclusively with nuclear weapons and we bring you love and, uh, peace, peace. Yes, peace. Many different kinds of peace can be found in the game. There are entire fucking, uh, autocratic, hegemonic fucking empires, despotic empires that are built on slavery. Um, all different kinds of political... And as these, you know, um, values butt up against each other, lots of cool shit can happen. It seems like. But so far I haven't gotten to experience it because you know, like I, like I said, uh, so here's some other things that I find irritating in terms of the, the overall complexity seeming to get away from, getting away from the game designers themselves. Like one, there's no way to collapse one of your fleets because you can create multiple fleets in terms of your navy. Um, there's no way to collapse one fleet into another. Basically, and each fleet 
generally it's better to have a leader than to not have a leader for a fleet. They get a lot of bonuses and stuff. Well, not a lot, but they get some bonuses. And there's no way to collapse one fleet into another without actually deleting the ships that are in that fleet, which really sucks. Um, and it's one of those things that you would think there's no reason for it not to be allowed. I can't think of a single reason for it not to be allowed. Um, it's just an interface thing that, like, I think has just been overlooked. Because you can split fleets. You can uh, designate um, the ships in one fleet to go into um, a new fleet, but you can't collapse one. You can't take fleet B. You, let's say you have fleets A, B, and C. Um, you can't take fleet C and push it into combine it with fleet A. You can only split fleet C into D. So you would have A, B, C, and D, which is not, which is you know antithetical to, you know, anyway, um, you can run out of, uh, leader slots and generally leadership management is a pain in the fucking ass because they die all the time. Um, on my custom species, we took, um, a bunch of perks, uh, a bunch of bad perks that allowed us to have venerable. Um, so our leaders live for 140 years, but even still they die all the time. And in my first species, w- which were like the otter people, we <laughs> were the interstellar otters and we're peacenicks and we're really cool. Um, but that game is fucked actually um those guys like man their average lifespan is like 72 years they die all the time it's you're constantly it seems like a burdensome and unnecessary and tedious um leadership system because science ships absolutely have to have a leader a leader scientist you're researching always has to have a leader um as a scientist uh for the research and, uh, there are other, lots of other leadership roles, and it's a, you can run out of leaders, like, you can actually hit your maximum allowed number of leaders that you're allowed to have, with, out, like, having enough leaders to man all your science ships and shit, and they keep dying all the time, and so it's, it's just an endless process that is, seems cumbersome and kind of antithetical to, like, the, the slim, the sleek, slim lines of the overall game. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, so one, one other example of how, like, it seems like the design might have gone away from the designers. Um, and by the way, this is an exceptionally addictive game, I, I, but I do want to point out these, these last few you know, kind of irritant, you know, blah. So this, this really pissed me off. In my custom game, the reason why I'm not playing this game right now, because um, <laughs> it, it is really super addictive. It's a lot of small little tasks that are actually very fun to complete, and there are lots of tiny decisions that uh, begin to compound each other, and you can see them as they build, especially your second time, your second game. Like, you can really start to see how um how complicated and, and cool it is but my second custom game is now fucked because it's cock blocked by an unhappy population on my home world so that's preventing me from making them happier because okay so when you have an unhappy population it takes your influence to zero and it doesn't regenerate, like, normally, like, your influence, like, regenerates, like, uh, one or two or three at a very, fairly steady rate every, like, five ticks. Um, 
And it takes like 160 influence to create an outpost, which is the only way to expand your empire. So if you have no, if, if your population, here's what happened to me. My population became extraordinarily unhappy for some reason. I don't even know exactly where that happened, but, um, that took all of my influence down to zero, which means that I can't make them happy by constructing, um, one of the, see, I, and there might be other ways around this, but I don't, I, I looked right now. There's nothing I can do. Um, at least in this game. Um, I can't build anything to make them happier because the things that, uh, the things that I could build that would make them happy require happiness. So, and because I have happiness of zero, that means I can't build those things. And so what that means ultimately, because my, my empire, as I, as I, as I've discovered it, has no other colonizable planets, and my homeworld only has one last slot left to build on. I can't get more resources, and I can't, I can't expand beyond what the, the empire that I already have, because I can't build outposts, because my happiness is zero, which makes my influence zero. And so I can't get, I, I can't even, colonize another planet because there, there's nothing in and it's a big it's a fairly large um it's a fairly large empire that i have um maybe you know like 30 systems something like that i don't know i'm just spitballing maybe 20 systems something like that but none of my none of the the planets are habitable by my species so i'm fucked like because all of a sudden, my happiness went to zero, and now there's this interlocking directorate that prevents me from doing anything. Now, I could do other things just because, like, eventually you'll get cock-blocked by the game in terms of expansion of your empire one way or another. Like, either you'll just start butting up against so many other empires um, that you'll have to create alliances, treaties, and etc., or go to war. I have not really gone to war yet. I've killed a lot of things, but I haven't really gone to war. Um, so, anyway, but, like... Consider how irritating that is to have your happiness go to zero and then bam, you know. And it's not like I could foresee that happening. Um, and even if I could, like, it's, it's just not, it's not cool what happened to that game. Um, especially two hours of like really involved. That's my custom game. That's my custom species. I spent a lot of time building, building that species. Anyway, so final critiques. Um, also about, uh, Solaris, it does have a tendency to get repetitive. Um, and it, like I said, it's partially based on a time clock related research kind of task thing, which kind of is like Eve. And that kind of sucks. Cause like that just kind of makes it. So there's this built in time factor that's going to happen at the beginning of every one of your games. It's going to take like two hours before, you know, you can start doing cool shit. Um, and also finally combat doesn't appear to be that nuanced. Um, although your decisions in terms of like the technology that you deploy, um, on your actual ships, the, like your weapons and, you know, blah, like, you know, if you have shields or whatever, that stuff can get fairly interesting, but, um, ultimately combat so far that I've seen is does your actual, like, damage per second, is it double, at least double the size of the foe that you're going to engage? And then you click on your fleet, then you click on the fleet that you want to engage and you fly over there and you fight and blah, that's it. So I know that sounds kind of hyper negative, but that's, those are my experiences of Stellaris. Um, thus far, it kind of makes me, what happened to my custom game kind of makes me not want to play it anymore. 
Cause it's, I mean, that kind of sucks what happened to my custom game, but I'm sure I will, and I'm sure I will overcome these challenges because it is, there's an old expression, beer, beer and pretzels game. This is like a beer and pretzels game crossed with a Rubik's Cube. So it's like very simple, but it's also very complex and, you know, it'll suck you in. Um, and there's a lot of variety, a lot of nuances, and I, I'm sure that over time the game will be improved. Um, I don't even know if necessarily it needs improvement because, I mean, there is some serious shit that can happen if, just from the diplomacy tree and the way you interact with stuff and the scripts, the, the way the game is dynamically scripted. It's, it's a very impressive game. Um, but it, it does get a little repetitive and, uh, there's not a lot of, um, There's not a lot of uh, nuance or variety to the tasks that you perform. Um, even when you go on quests and stuff, uh, like they all are basically the same thing. You know, send a research ship to send the science ship to this place, research that, find this, research this thing, research this thing, research this thing, research this thing, unlock this item, etc. But it's got serious potential and it's hyper addictive. If you think Civilization Five is addictive, this is just fucking rock your world. Um, check it out. And there, there are moments, and it's written so well. There are moments that will bring tears to your eyes, like for reals, like when you, when you know your civilization reacts to uh, the discovery of life um, outside of <laughs> outside of your species. It's it's kind of it's it's kind of neat. Um, so yeah. If you're into space travel, stuff like that, definitely check out Solaris. It's a little expensive for for as repetitive as it does seem to get, but there's a lot of game there. So I don't know if you want to call that a full review or if it's a feature or what. I guess I just spent 30 minutes talking about it. It's worth spending 30 minutes talking about it. That's a dollar a minute, and they spend a lot of time on this game. So check it out. Um, maybe read some reviews from people who like actually you know, had wars and shit in the game. Um, but yeah, so that's Stellaris. S-T-E-L-L-A-R-I-S. It is uh, $29.99 or maybe 39 Oh, shit. Ivor Molina, crack engineer Ivor Molina is failing us again. Let's open up Steam. Ivor says hi, by the way. Yeah, so Stellaris is $39.99. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly expensive game even. That's actually an expensive game. Um, I don't know. Lots of people really like it. Check it out. Stellaris. Alright, that brings us to everyone's favorite. The deals! Let's hit the deals. We got some really good ones for you this week. So, first off, we got Firewatch. Um, you can check out uh, previous episodes of the show for our full review of Firewatch. Um, great game. Uh... Uh, it's like Raymond Carver. It's like it's like literary fiction in video game form. Uh, really fun. Some people call it a walking simulator. I call it fucking beautiful, and I I was surprisingly moved by it. Firewatch. It right now through May sixteenth is thirty percent off at thirteen dollars and ninety nine cents. That makes it a lot more approachable um, than the twenty dollar price tag, which you know some people might have been put off by that. So definitely check out Firewatch. It's a pretty good deal. Um, I think is more appropriately priced for that specific game because it's only like six hours long. Uh, then we have this is a great one. Speaking of Stellaris, we got Civilization Five Complete. 
And there's also Civilization 5, but Civilization 5 complete, now through May 16th, 75% off. 75% off at $12.49. And that's, I think that includes, let's see, Civilization 5. Come, well, hang on. Shit. Come on, Ivor, help me out here. Civilization 5 complete includes all sorts of special fucking crazy shit. Like, uh, okay, included in this bundle. Uh, Civilization 5, Civilization 5, Gods and, and Kings, um, Brave New World, Babylon, um, Denmark and the Vikings, Spain and Inca, the Mediterranean, the Americas, Mesopotamia, um, Polynesia, um, Korea scenario, uh, Wonders of the Ancient World scenario, Scrambled Continents map pack, um, and the Explorers map pack, all of those DLCs, um, right now, Sid Meier's Civilization 5 complete is 75% off at $12.49 now through May 16th. You want to talk about a time vacuum? That'll fucking erase months of your life right there. Um, you know, you'll boot it up and it'll, you'll be 35 just like me. Oh, you know, just like that. It'll be like, it'll be, uh, like preschool. It'll be like your preschool years. Like, oh my god, I'm 35! Um, that's how great. Uh, I really like the Civilization series. I don't get enough time to play them. But they are a time vacuum. Okay, now we have some super favorites from this show that are on uh, great deals this week. Um, perennial favorites. First of all, Distance, D-I-S-T-A-N-C-E, um, which is still in early access, but is a unbelievable, unbelievable. Even though, like, right now the adventure mode, which is, like, the whole campaign mode, only takes about two hours to beat. By the... By... Oh, God. By... 10 minutes into the game, your mind is being blown, and 30 minutes into the game, you're just like, oh my god, they've gone fucking bananas! Um, it's a racing game, uh, that has no real time limit. It's, uh, kind of like F-Zero, it's kind of like the next... Oh man, it's, it's, it's complicated, like, you can drive up walls, you can flip your car, you can fly your car, you can, um... There are all sorts of deadly traps and uh, mechanisms that uh, will assault you. Uh, after about an hour of the game, it's very difficult to tell which which way is up and which way is down because you are flipping and rolling your car in midair and deploying wings and flying these crazy places and flying through like these giant um spin rock tumblers with like lasers shooting at you and it's just fucking bananas right now distance which never very rarely goes on sale even though it's still in early access absolutely back this because these guys really back linux and this is a community driven game um, and it's been in early access now for two years. It, it looks fucking fabulous. Has a complete level editor built into it, so you can make your own levels. You and you can download other people's levels and mods directly through the game. It has a great interface for that. So get distance right now through May 16th. It's 33% off. Never goes on sale. $13.39. Um, I think it, that might be our one of our YouTube videos of the week. Uh, I have a video, an old video of us playing it. I'll just repost that if I can find it. Um, distance, check it out, go get it now before May, May 16th because that's a hell of a deal. Then, speaking of hell of a deal, perennial favorite of this show, Jets and Guns Gold. That's J E T S N G U N S Gold. Jets and Guns Gold, one of the best side scrolling um, 
space shooter, quote-unquote, semi-space shooters with a hilarious sense of humor. Unbelievably awesome game. Um, one of my favorite games that I've ever played on Steam. Jets and Guns Gold, which very rarely goes on sale, right now is 50% off through May 16th at $3.49. Absolutely pick that up if you like side-scrolling uh, space shooters. It's It does not get any better than that, um, especially on in terms of on Steam. Um, that's one of the first games I got on Steam that really blew my mind for Linux. Um, Jets and Guns Gold, $3.49. Absolutely pick that up. And finally, we have Death by Game Show, which I bought because if you go to their store page and watch their second video, it's one of the developers spending 10 minutes introducing the game to you. And he doesn't do that great of a job of introducing the game. But he does a great job of talking about certain elements of game design, because like right now I'm building several games, um, and I'm, I'm actually several weeks into really learning um, Unity and stuff like that, which it's so easy now that like there's no excuse for me not to be doing this. Um, and he has a couple of really hilarious uh, game developer moments. He's like, well, you know, I've either built, we've either built like the second greatest game of all time or the worst game of all time and realistically when you think about it if you've built the worst game of all time that might actually be the second greatest game of all time so anyway um i, I picked it up just because of that right now death by game show is 50 percent off now through may 17th at four dollars and 99 cents um you know i haven't played it yet but I, you know i couldn't resist it's a great little developer video and you know, at five bucks, you know, I figured I'd throw them a bone, throw them some money, just, just, just for, you know, they seem to care about games. I don't know if the game is that good. But anyway, so those are our deals. So to recap, um, we had, uh, really fast, um, Firewatch, 30% off, $13.99, now through May 16th. Civilization V Complete, 75% off, uh, $12.49, now through May 16th. Distance, get distance. 33% off, $13.39, now through May 16th. Check out our YouTube video. If I can find that, that will definitely be in our blurb for this week's episode. Jets and Guns Gold, side-scrolling shooter awesomeness, 50% off, $3.49, now through May 16th. And then Death by Game Show, 50% off, $4.99, now through May 17th. So that'll do us for this week's episode. Uh, cheers, thanks for listening, and uh, I will catch you next week. Our first uh, normal episode. We did go long again, but whatever. Um, Check out the Tomb Raider thing. Uh, if, uh, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you, if you want to hear me talk for just endless hours while watching me play the entirety of Tomb Raider, uh, that is going up. Um, as soon as this is, this is done, the first six episodes are done. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's a crazy project, but like I said, anyway, and, uh, if you want to hit me up, uh, on Twitter at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. Scooby Sprite, over and out. Cheers, thanks for listening. Ah! The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. 
BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice. Thank <laughs> you.